And uh, hallelujah. I got a message for you this morning. I was kind of excited about what God has been doing. And um, praise the Lord. Um, I believe right now that we're in a season of miracles. I really do. I believe in outpouring in the Holy Spirit. We're going to see it even more and more and more. But I believe it's started. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. We're excited about it. And um, anymore, you come to the church. We, uh, I'm here. Let's see, I'm here Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday morning. And um, last night we were here at the prayer, and there was a young man sitting out on the curb, sitting out here on our property over here on the, on the curb there. And the next thing I know, Elder Skip is going over there. The next thing I know, because I'm getting ready to leave, go home, and uh, he's laying hands on him. I see Tito running out the door with his Bible tucked under his arm. Jason following right behind him. The guy never had a chance. I mean, he's he going to get saved or whatever. <laughs> so, and he prayed with him last night. I guess everything is good. But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. I just, it, as a pastor seeing this stuff, it just it, it does my heart good. Because it's not just only coming from the pulpit. We're seeing you're putting feet to your prayers and doing what God says to do. So it's exciting. I got a good message for you this morning. I want to talk about kingdom priority. Uh, and if you would open your Bible this morning, if, whether that be on your iPhone or whatever you use for a Bible. But uh, I want to read this morning out of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. I sat down this Monday this week and I was going over different things. And uh, it's one of these messages that happens every once in a while. God gives me a bunch of scriptures from all over the, all over the, the realm. But, and then I write them down on a page and he says, okay, preach it. <laughs> so I'm there Saturday I'm organizing okay read this scripture first uh, so that's one of kind of like a patch wheel quilt type of message I got but it all comes down to the one thing I, as I started meditating on this looking God was bringing bringing us to a, a, a theme if you will or a bent that he wants to bring across and a kingdom priority so Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 now if you know anything about uh, the book of Matthew 5 6 and 7, those chapters, those three chapters was Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. That's, that's one long sermon. I mean, if you just read those three chapters, that's quite a long sermon. But he, didn't, he, he taught on those three things and they record them. And this, one, this verse here, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus says this. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I, got, I had that stuck in my head Monday when I was praying. Different, had that scripture stuck in my head right off the bat. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Two things. Seek not only the kingdom, but seek his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Common scripture, everybody probably knows it. But the fact is, is do, can, do we know what it's saying to us right now today? The, the word of God is alive. It's not just uh, an antiquated uh, book of information. Okay, no, it's alive for us today. And, and, and when, when we read the book, uh, I like what one preacher said, read, read until he speaks. Because God will speak through his scriptures and through his word. So I like to try to do that. I like to try to read. Of course, I do more. I read. I listen. To, I read other books and, and, uh, and get my mind and my, uh, my focus, put it that way, my focus into an encounter with the Heavenly Father. Okay, normally my mind doesn't want to do that, neither does yours. We want to, we're, we're concerned about paying the bill here, we're concerned about this over here, we're running around that. But what happens is the Father, Heavenly Father never leaves us, the Spirit of God never leaves us. But we have to get ourselves focused 
I'll answer that. And that's what I do, whatever works for you. But I, I pray, I read the scriptures, I sit, and I, I have to get alone a lot of times with the Lord and just focus on Him. Well, I did that. And this is what He brings to me this week. He said, he said Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So what the first thing I do, I like to tear the verse down. I like to break it down, not tear it down, but break it down to the, see what the, what the original words in the Greek mean. In this case, the New Testament would be Greek, Old Testament would be Hebrew. But it, it, says, it says, Seek. So I looked up the word in the Greek, the word seek, and it means zito. And the word zito means desire, endeavor, or inquire. It's not just looking for something, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's to desire. It's to desire something. So, the, so if we get the right wording in this thing, we'll get the right idea, and basically we, from there we get the right motivations towards this thing. But it's a seek ye first the kingdom of God. So the seek, in other words, have the desire for one thing, first. Now the word first is called proton in, in, the, in the Greek and it means firstly in time, place, order, or importance. Hmm, it's the first thing and the most important thing. So what we're looking for, we're getting a desire to the most important thing. Okay, the kingdom of God. I'm gonna to get to that in a minute, okay? And it, uh, but that, that's what it means. And then he says, he says another thing he says is in his righteousness. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the word righteousness means justification. So we're standing in a relationship area with Christ is what he's saying. So here we are. Let me break it, run it all back together again. So we are seeking first. That means we're inquiring of, we're desiring to inquire, to endeavor. Okay, first, first place in order and importance. In other words, nothing else is important right now. This is the most important thing. Now, I get my mind and stuff set that way. The kingdom of God, I'll get to that in a minute, but it says, in his righteousness, I'm standing in his justification. The only way I can do that is through the blood of Christ and through the relationship with Christ. Now I'm justified to stand in, in, in there. Can I suggest to you this morning, before I get into the rest of my notes and different things like this, we've learned, uh, maybe from religion, maybe from just other people, we've learned, seek ye first, the kingdom of God, is talks about our redemption. But can I, can I inform you this morning, you can study this on your own if you want to, every place you look in the scriptures where Jesus mentioned the kingdom of God, he was not talking about, now it does include future, but he was also talking about the now present. And that's an important fact because if we're always looking, well, yeah, someday, well, someday on the sweet by and by, you know, someday when Jesus returns and takes his church away, we'll all be, we'll all be free. No, 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 the someday is now. Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven. He says, seek ye first. He's talking about in the now, in the present realm, not in the future realm. Now, the kingdom of God is going to be in the future realm. Matter of fact, Jesus is going to return. He's going to reign for a thousand years. There is a kingdom of God that's going to set itself over the earth. But the fact is, he's saying, no, the kingdom of God is now. And he's saying right now. So every decision that we make, everything that we're going through, he says, seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness. In other words, make that your priority over the next decision you have to make. And can I suggest to you this morning that this kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom, has an answer for everything we're going to go through in life. I'm going to get into it more, uh, more this morning, but you say, so seeking doesn't mean uh, that uh, we're pursuing going to heaven. But it's a present reality of the kingdom in any given situation, any given situation now. 
Uh, this may be new to some of you, but the fact is, is it may take some practice because now for the next problem that comes up, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. Well, how, how do we do it? What does that mean? What does it mean, the kingdom of God? A couple of scriptures uh, that Jesus was talking about. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, it says this. He said, if I cast out demons, now Jesus is saying this, casting out demons, was that the present tense? Absolutely. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come unto you. Has come unto you. Surely the kingdom of God has come unto you. In other words, past tense or right now, present. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come unto you. So can we understand this much right now at this point? Can we understand the kingdom of God has the power to cast out devils? And he says, because I can do this, you can do this. He says, through my name, through the power, I can do this. I like what Luke says. Luke says the same scripture. Luke chapter 11, verse 20, Luke says it this way. He says, he says, but if I cast out demons, this is Jesus, if I cast out demons with a finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come on you. It says the same thing, but he uses the finger. That phrase, the finger of God, you'll find that in Exodus chapter 8, verse 19. And what in that passage of scripture, do you remember Pharaoh's magicians that confronted Moses? Uh, they were the guys that Moses came in, God says, cast down your rod, it turned into a serpent. And the magicians did the same thing, they cast down their rod and it turned into serpents. Only one thing, Moses' rod ate up their rods. And so so these are the, this is in the times of the plague. And what they were saying, they were saying, no, this was the third plague that came upon them. It was a plague of lice and gnats and stuff, all, you know, bugs or whatever. And, and the magicians, the magicians that worked for Pharaoh said, surely... This is the finger of God. This, the phrase they used was the finger of God. And what that actually means is what they, when they say God, they, the word in the Hebrew is Elohim. So they said, surely this is the finger of Elohim. Elohim, in other words, this is the finger of the most powerful. <laughs> this is the finger of the supreme, supreme God. Now, wait a minute. They're supposed to worship all these other gods. It only took three pl plagues before the magicians got the idea that, wait a minute, there's a bigger God than what we serve behind this thing, and this is the cause. Of course, Pharaoh took him all ten plagues and, and the Red Sea experience, and he still didn't get it. But the, but the magicians, I thought it was kind of funny because they used the same thing. They said, no, surely this is the finger of Elohim. This is the finger of God. This is the power of God. So even the unrighteous recognizes the power of God as far as the king. This is what Jesus was saying. He says, sure, the kingdom of God has come unto you. Now let me back up just a little bit. Uh, Romans chapter 14, Paul puts it this way. For the kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but he says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Get that scripture down again. It's a, it's a familiar scripture, but let's read it again. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eat or drink, eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Paul said, this is what the kingdom of God is. This is the elements of the kingdom of God. And what it is, is not, it's not, it's, this is what it's not. It's not eating or drinking. In other words, it's not a party. Uh, it's not, you know, binging. It's not <laughs> all the things we throw. He said, but it's righteousness, which means virtue and integrity. Peace, which means security and safety. And joyfulness, cheerfulness, and delight. Huh. That's something that's kind of 
been absent in your life as far as the cheerful and delight? Hmm. But it is part of the Holy Ghost. It's not only just joy, cheerful, and delight, but cheerful and delight in the Holy Ghost. This is the kingdom of God. So when we're, when we're talking New Testament, we're talking believers sitting right here now in Key West. This is where we, where we are right now, present tense. If the kingdom of God comes upon us, then basically we're gonna, we're, it's going to be about righteousness, virtue and integrity, peace, security and safety, joy, cheerfulness and delight of the Holy Spirit. So coming to church this morning, uh, um, I sought the kingdom of God and I want the kingdom of God to reign in our service this morning. It's a prayer I made this morning. Lord, bring your kingdom, let your kingdom come right now for the people right here, reign in our service, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus. So basically right now, what's available to all of us because of that prayer, all of us, it's available, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That means every unrighteous act that you may have mistakenly committed, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt this week, praise the Lord, is all covered. We can get back our righteousness. Amen? Peace? Who doesn't want peace? The world is looking for peace. You can't find it. But we can have peace, it says right here, because of the kingdom of God comes upon you. Jesus said, did Jesus cast out demons? Did he? Then if he cast out demons, guess what? The kingdom of God has come unto us. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, it said in Matthew, he said, the Spirit, of the kingdom of God has come unto you. <laughs> yes, it is, here and now. It's right now. Hmm. Well, what would we just say the power of God? Is that the kingdom of God? The word kingdom means king's domain or the right, are you ready? Right or authority to rule. That's what it means. So the, the word kingdom, when we say the kingdom of God, it is the right or authority for God to rule over our life. And we yield that right and authority to him. And when we do that, the kingdom of God comes upon us with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We did mention the Holy Spirit. Okay, so righteousness, peace, and joy. How, how are we doing so far? Okay. Uh, I'll, get some, I'll get some groundwork, and i got some other things I want to share with you this morning about, uh, uh, along those lines. But let me get the groundwork. I want, us, I want us to make sure we're on the same page with what the kingdom of God is. So we seek first. That's what, the first thing we're supposed to seek, what Jesus said. In other words, any situation, first things first. Amen? Uh, 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 that would have been a good title for my message, too. But, uh, but kingdom priority. Eh, it's a priority. So a priority for us as believers with any situation, whatever it is, we seek first the kingdom of God. And when we seek first the kingdom of God, we're seeking God's power, which brings us into his righteousness, which brings us into his presence. You can't have the kingdom of God without God's presence, without the presence of the Father. Okay? So we are, we're on the same page. We're talking about the same thing. Well, I seek his presence. That's right. And as seeking his presence, you're also seeking his kingdom and his power. Unless you're just figuring you're going to have a good time with God and he's not going to change anything in your life, then I don't know what God you're encountering. Because every time I have an encounter with a father, something changes in my life. Uh, uh, Sorry, mentioned 30 year, 32 years of ministry, <clears throat> just as here in Key West. Um, it's coming up uh, May, I think, next month. And, uh, you know, this is 32 years. How do you start? How, how do you look back over 32 years? I can't even count the amount of times that God has changed something in this church in 32 years. 
This is not the same church that I started in 1990. <laughs> it is not. It's completely different. But every time we go through something, and I sat back and it was the times, I'll be honest, I, said, I came to Key West, I took one look at this town and said, you got to be kidding me. Uh, I'll give it two years and I'm out of here. And I went to the Lord. I was so discouraged and stuff about the things in Key West. I went to the Lord and this is just my testimony. I said, Lord, I said, when can I leave? He said, you can leave anytime you want to. He said, you can pick up anytime you want to, go start a church someplace else. He said, I'll bless that in two. He said, but are you asking me what you want to do or are you asking me what I want to do? I said, no, sir, I'm asking you what you want to do. He says, dig your heels in and stay. He says, you got a job here. And that's what we did. That's what we've been doing for 32 years. And I keep, and every time there's a, a monumental problem, maybe you can relate to this, big, a big problem comes up that doesn't look like it's going to get answered. You figure that's the time God's given you the exit. How come we look at a problem as the exit of, of God's will? <laughs> when it, God is looking for uh, us to go through the problem. Amen. I love this uh, theology. Uh, not really, but I mean, uh, being facetious, but I, I, said, I love this theology where uh, if a door opens, it's got to be God. Hallelujah. The door has to, when the door swings open, why? It's got to be God. I got news for you. The devil opens up doors too. Depends where that door is going to. It's on the other side of that door you want to look at, examine. Because there's some things, the doors, that I figure that's why God gave me big feet, so I got to kick some of them in. Because God wanted me on this side of it, but there was something holding me back from getting the other side. There's many doors I've kicked in and been in the great graces and the glory of God all around me. Praise the Lord. Not just in this country, but in other countries around the world, the same thing. And, and praise the Lord. I shared that story about, the, the, about in West Africa at one time with a witch doctor was going to put a curse on all my meetings. And um, I said, and the guys were all concerned. I, I, had, I had four translators. It's gone to West Africa. You've got to understand. I had four translators that travel with me all the time. And, and they were also watched over me and different things like that. And uh, they said, Pastor, we don't know if you, you may not want to go to this meeting. I said, why? I said, because a witch doctor is going to show up and he's promised to curse your meetings. Uh, because the first time I was there, people were getting healed. <laughs> and it was miracles happened. So he, was, he didn't like his power being challenged. I says, you know what? I said, you guys can do me a favor. And he said, what, anything. What do you want us to do? I said, invite this guy to the meeting. I want to see him. I want to meet him face to face. I said, I really do. I really do. I says, I know why I'm here. But I got a feeling he don't have a clue to know what he's doing. I said, so let's see what happens. And I was ready to call him up. The guy never showed up. Long story short, never showed up. We had more miracles that night than any other night. Amen? But the thing is, is how many, that was a door that was wanted to shut on me that wasn't going to allow me to do that. But we went through and did it anyway. And the kingdom of God did reign. Jesus said this, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, I like that finger, I do. Here's why the finger is so important to understand. The finger is only one of five on a hand. God has two hands just like we do. We were made in his image. It doesn't take nothing for him but just a... When I see, when I see the finger of God, I see like, you know, you were going to flick a piece of lint <laughs> off of somebody's head or something like that. That's, that's what I see. It's the finger of God. God doesn't even have to wipe the whole hand. He doesn't have to get his whole self into it. It's just a finger. People like to think of the devil as equal to God, only the evil side of God. Are you kidding me? He's not even in the same class. He was a creator of fallen angel. He's not even in the same class with the angels. He's below that even. Amen? It's, it's what everybody's pumped him up to be. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so the fact is, when Jesus said this, he said he gave us his mandate, basically. He said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God or by the hand, Spirit of God, either one, Matthew or Luke, he said, then the kingdom of God has come upon you, right? That means what he's saying, he said, you see what I did? You do the same. With the same authority and with the same power. He's given it to us as a mandate. I'll give it even better than that. Go to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. And it says this, he was, he was commissioning his disciples, but it doesn't stop with his disciples. It continues on. He says, as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out demons. That's it. He didn't say try to cast out demons. He said do the best you can with what you got. He said if the demons don't leave, oh well, well I guess it doesn't work. He didn't say that at all. He said this is it. This is what he commissioned them, and this is a mandate, and this is the same mandate he gave the church today. I don't care if some people aren't good at it. I may not be very good at casting out devils or healing the sick, but the fact is, I don't have the authority or the right to change a mandate neither to you that Christ has set. It's still a mandate. It's still a belief system. It's still part of this church. It's still part of our doctrines in which we teach. We believe in miracles. Whether one miracle happens in this church or not does not matter. I'm still going to say this scripture is a mandate from Christ. Period. That's all there is to it. Now, we might have to work on the faith part. We might have to work on it. I always know this. It's never on God's end. It's always on this end. But I'm going to work on it, and I'm going to work on it. And I'm work. I said this years ago when I first got in ministry. I said, I believe in healing, divine healing so much. I said, if I was to die tomorrow with any kind of disease or cancer, put on my tombstone that he believed in God's healing to the end or the beginning. <laughs> I said, that's what you can engrave on there. Because we as mortal people do not prove or disprove the word of God. Amen. I'll get to that in a minute about our understanding. But the fact is, uh, so that's the mandate. And nobody has the authority or right to change that. And you can't change the mandate just because you didn't see what you wanted to see. Hot shot. You can't do that. No, Christ still said it. He still meant it and is still good for us today because it's the eternal word. It hasn't backed off. Hmm. Problem is, many people want to define their purpose, define their ministry or whatever, okay, by what they're good at instead of what God's called them to do. Amen? We want to, we want to rely on our natural gifts. Why? Because generally that's within our control. But some of the things that God wants us to do, how many know God will have you do something that will stretch your faith? How many know God will have you do something, like start a church 32 years ago in Key West, that is going to do nothing but tax your faith? <laughs> I've been a pastor long, longer here as a pastor in Key West before some of you were born. <laughs> but the fact is, I mean, this is what he's called us to do. He didn't say try it out and see if it fits you or if it's really what you feel that you desire to do. And then, you know, cancel it if you don't. No, this is it. Amen? Trust me, I've been listening for the other word. I just don't want to hear it. Won't hear it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, some people get confused because I just read in Matthew chapter 10 where Jesus said, Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Is there a difference? Now, this is going to be a theological argument from now until the millennial. 
okay? But the fact is, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, okay? In essence, let me help you out with this one because there is one scripture in Matthew 19, verse 23 to 24. I'm not going to solve the theological discussion here in this session uh, for this thing. But let me, let me just throw this in here. Jesus used both phrases simultaneously in the same thought. <laughs> so you, you determine from that, I've determined that for right now, our purposes is the same thing. I think vines, uh, if you look at vines, vines will say, well, heaven refers to heavenly places. Kingdom of God, God is everywhere, so it figures everywhere. Uh, Jesus didn't, didn't define them, and he didn't separate them in Matthew chapter uh, 19, verses 23 and 24. Remember when he talked, he said, the rich man, uh, uh, it's difficult for rich men to get to the kingdom uh, of heaven. And then he said, he said, or then he said, he said, it's hard, harder for him to get through than the, going through the eye of a needle of the kingdom of, referred to in the kingdom of God. So he used both, both things in the same phrase. Um, that's for another teaching. But praise the Lord. So anyway, so hallelujah. I also, does, does Jesus understands something about when we're talking about, Jesus didn't say, my sheep, will know my book. Now, I'm not downplaying the importance of the word. I have put great, great importance in the word. But Jesus never did say this. He said, my sheep will know my book. He said in John 10, he said, he said my sheep will know my voice. And what happens in these circumstances, let me get back to the seeking first the kingdom of God. How do we apply it to every situation? In seeking the kingdom of God, we're not looking for the book knowledge of this particular thing, but we're looking for the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep, how many are his sheep? My sheep will know my voice. Now, if we're not good at hearing his voice, then that's good news because we can get better. <laughs> I mean, no, it's called spiritual growth. We grow in different things. And we also uh, have a tendency to trial and error. Uh, sometimes error more than trial. <laughs> but, uh, these, but these are the things that God understands. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sometimes what happens is sometimes we get satisfied with a theological answer when, the absent, when we are absent of a personal experience. So if we don't have a personal experience, we tend to, tend to lean upon or trust a theological answer. And it doesn't always come out the truth. But praise the Lord. I got looking at this again, and this is one of those things that God also, in this same context, brought up this week, and I was praying about this. Uh, but he said in Matthew chapter 11, and, uh, but Jesus is, is, this is about the strongest I've seen Jesus uh, over different cities and, 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 uh, and, and so on and so forth. I got thinking about this scripture. Let me go ahead and read it. Uh, you can follow along if you want to. You've got Matthew chapter 11, verse 21. It says this. It says, I'm reading out of New King James. It says, he says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it would be more tolerable for Tyre and Syria in the day of judgment than it will be for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which have been done in you have been done in Sodom, they would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than it will be for you. I just read that scripture. What did you get out of that? What did you hear most? 
How many heard, woe? Okay. Uh, how many heard judgment? Nobody's going to respond to anything, praise the Lord. Not a trick question. <laughs> because we all see those things when we look at it. All right, praise the Lord. There's going to be no participation this morning. I can see that. All right, I'm on my own. Praise the Lord. I got reading this, I got praying this week, and I, and I saw something that I didn't see in other times that I was reading this thing. I saw something here. Matter of fact, Jeff, you got that picture? When Jesus spoke about these cities, when he said, whoa, you got that picture? Okay, there it is right there. The, I took these pictures. That is Chorazin, Bethsaida, you can see the writing on there, and, and Capernaum, that's what it looks like today. But yet, you can go to Jerusalem. You can go to uh, uh, lots of different cities that are still thriving today. Okay? You go to cities along the Galilee, you still see, are, are still there. Tiberias is still there. Different places like this, but yet these cities are gone. These cities, these three cities, did the most miracles. Jesus did his most miracles in those three cities. In other words, the most mighty works and the signs and wonders were done in these three cities than any other city in, in Israel, including Jerusalem. So he did not, I mean, we're talking about almost constant daily miracles happen in one of these three places. Bethsaida um, is kind of interesting. That Bethsaida was kind of one of my favorite places when I went there because they were, they were still excavating it. I went the first year, with there, you see them, and then the last one, this was in 2015. Those are the gates of the city that you see right there going into the uncovered. This is all covered up, uncovered it. Bethsaida is a fishing village where Peter came from. Praise the Lord. But anyway, I got all the history facts, but uh, Chorazim, of course, Chorazim, and there's Capernaum, and you can see in the background of Capernaum, that's the Sea of Galilee. Praise the Lord. So it's just a, just a reminder. That's what it looks like today. When Jesus says, whoa, you don't want to hear whoa. <laughs> you do not want to hear whoa. It, it, it's done. Praise the Lord. You say, well, that's so old. Well, Jerusalem's older than that. Praise the Lord. And Jerusalem's still there. Still a thriving city. Matter of fact, it's the old city, and they built the city around it. Right? Praise the Lord. Remember Jonah when he got on that ship in Tarshish? Remember that? Yeah, it's by Tel Aviv. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That town's still there too. Praise the Lord. Anyway, but he said, what do you cars and what do you... I saw something in this. He said, for if the mighty works which were done in Tyre and Sidon have been done with you. He said, they remain to this day. A uh, couple of interesting things I'll give you. Then the history lesson will be over. Tyre and Sidon were Phoenician villages. They were Gentile villages, okay? And they were formerly very rich. Uh, Tyre, you're going to find it in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, uh, uh, in verses 11 and 16, where, where Solomon went to Tyre to buy elements to build the temple. The first temple came from Tyre. Praise the Lord. So these are, these are some of the, this is how these cities old. But he said something. Jesus said something in this verse, in these verses that stood out for me today. I saw this. He's saying that the working of miracles can change a city. That's what he said. He said if the same miracles were done in Tyre and Sidon, they would remain to this day. Of course, we see what happened to the other three, they didn't remain, <laughs> okay? And they had the most miracles. But miracles by God are designed to change a city. And I started thinking about this. What if we prayed over Key West? 
and pray the miracles of God to take place. I shared this last night during morning, uh, during our, our evening prayer last night in, uh, with, the, with our guys. Uh, and and uh, uh, like I said, there was that guy sitting down on the curb. Boy, they, they got on that thing like a chicken on a June bug, man. They jumped on that guy and we were going to pray for him and everything else. They didn't even know him. <laughs> you know? And, but, but I like that. I, lo- I love the enthusiasm. But what would it be like if all of a sudden massive healings and stuff and miracles begin to break out in the Key West? Amen. Key West, I would say, as bad as Tyre as Cyrene. I think might as be as bad as Sodom <laughs> in, some, in some instances. I mean, this is the kind of city we live in. But the fact is, what if God was outpour his miracles? Because he said, he said, Sodom, even Sodom, if the miracles happened in Sodom that happened in Capernaum, that city would remain to this day. It wouldn't have received the judgment of God. So I saw, all of a sudden, I saw a release of miracles. If we had a release of miracles, you can change an entire city. Can you imagine a a release of miracles can change an entire nation and influence an entire nation? Praise the Lord. All right, well, I got excited over that more than you did, but praise the Lord. I got excited over that. Amen. Then uh, as I was looking over this, I said, you know, I said, okay, so we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about seek ye first. In every situation, what if we did that? Every situation we made a habit of seeking first the kingdom of God. Wouldn't we be encountering God each time we did that? So with each time we see, uh, uh, is it be fair to say, how many people here in the next week or so will come across five problems? Big or small, five problems. About 10 problems. Oh, now the hands go up. Praise the Lord. Thank you for, your, for cooperation. Ten problems. So that, so that would mean, so let's just say, let's just take the low number five. Let's say five problems next week, but I'm going to seek the kingdom of God on every one of these problems. You know what you'd be doing? You just committed to five times you're going to encounter the Father, encounter the power of the Holy Spirit to change something in your life. Now, does that make it clearer what we're talking about? Because Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, which we all have, he said, then the kingdom of God has, past tense, has already, is there right now upon you. I like that. Praise the Lord. All right, now I can go to the next thing. We, are we agreeing on that? Okay. I was, looking, I was looking through Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 8, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, uh, and depart from evil, and be, be healthy unto your flesh and strength unto your bones. Did everybody get that? Let me break it down. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at this, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge. Stop. Let me go back. Trust in the Lord. This is how I read the scriptures, by the way, when I'm trying to encounter the Father. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. What is your own understanding? That's your brain. That's everything you can understand. Praise the Lord. There's a reason he said understanding. He said, said because after that, he says, he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Why? Your heart is bigger than your brain. In In your head is understanding. And what happens, we will limit God only to our understanding, if that's where we stop. Are you here? Somebody breathe, something. Hello, hallelujah, praise the Lord. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not your head. Lean not unto your own understanding, because your own understanding, if we looked at God just by our understanding, we would limit his size and ability. We would limit his size, his ability, and his power. Wouldn't we? Come on, I already got you committing to five times next week. You're going to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're going to seek his kingdom. Amen? More. Every problem that comes. How I many no problems will stick out? But what if, we, what if we were to make a vacation decision? Did you ever go to God for a vacation decision? Let me tell you something. I, my wife and I are avid divers. We try to dive at least once a week when the weather's cooperative uh, to get out and just have a day of, of, of recreation. I take the Father with me. I don't know about you. I go down sometimes 130-plus feet. I mean, I'm de- down there deep. I said, I'd like to, take, I'd like to know the Heavenly Father's with me. Praise the Lord. Well, I've been doing that for, let's see, I've done that almost 1,100 times. And I've always come back with no incidents. I'm going to stick with the Father. You can dive with whoever you want to. But I'm going to dive with Father God and Father Devil. Praise the Lord. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to get in trouble. Praise the Lord. Lead, lean not on your own. Acknowledging God. If I was to come, come into the, to the sanctuary... Jeff's sitting there in the back and say, hi, Jeff, and, uh, and Saray, and, uh, hi, Saray, you know, Jason. And so, that's, you say, well, that's an acknowledgement. That's not the acknowledgement he's talking about. That's not an acknowledgement. What not, the word acknowledgement means yada in the, in the Hebrew. It's an interesting word uh, because it means to know and to perceive and to see, find out and to discern, distinguish, and to encounter. There's that word again, encounter. If I come in, I'm going to, Yada, the Lord, I'm not going to just greet him and say, Lord, it's me again with another problem. I'm going to encounter his presence. Remember, I've been talking about that in, in the Lord. I said, leading into his presence, I'm going to yada. I'm going to acknowledge, Lord, here's what I like to do, but I'm going to yada. Here's what I see I can do by my own understanding and by my own abilities, but I'm going to yada. In other words, I'm going to acknowledge you and I'm going to yield to your presence. I'm going to yield and have an encounter with you. If this, see if this changes, but you have the right to change what I perceive in my own understanding because I'm not leaning on that. I'm leaning on my heart, which I know hears from you. I'm going to yada. Praise the Lord. So that's what it says. So let's read it again. Trust, not, trust the, in the Lord with all of thine heart, not just part of it. That's with all of thy heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. I'm going to yada the Lord. Then let's read the rest of the verse. Acknowledge, uh, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Anybody ever been guilty of that? Okay, praise the Lord. Don't nobody raise a hand. That's a rhetorical question. Amen. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen. Now this Fear the Lord here, what it means, it doesn't mean to be terrorized by, it means to have respect for. There's two different words in the Hebrew that talk about fear, and one means to have respect. Fear of God does not mean to be afraid of Him, it means to have respect for Him. In other words, to submit to Him as a greater power. That's what the, the fear, fear is talking about. There's two words in the Hebrew, there's actually more than that, but anyway, those two words. So, so, but it's not in terror or afraid or anything like that. Amen? Fear the Lord and depart from evil, and it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, he just covered the spiritual end of it, 
But then when he said bones, he brought that over to the physical. So, so God took it one, one better. Here's the problem is, many times we go into the Father with prayer with our less. And we want to complain more than we want to pray. We have a list. And we want God, all these things that God wants, we want to do for him to do for us. How many ever had a list? God, you need to do this. God, I need, I need more money. God, I need a healing. God, I need... And we have a list of all the things, God, you need to do for us. Now, he will do that. And we pray for those needs. Nothing wrong with that. But did you ever get into a place where there's kind of a blockage? And you just kind of, eh, ho-hum, eh. I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes you just get, kind of get mucking and mired down with just different things, maybe life, and just things begin to crowd in, and the voice gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Amen? What happens is many times in that case, what I found in my life, many times when I'm asking God to do something for me, instead God wants to do something through me. But if I'm not cooperating to allow God to do something through me, it's hard for him to get something to me. Did I say that right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, he said, but this is what he's saying. In other words, many times God's trying to work through us. This is why he mentions and addresses the hearts. Trust the Lord with all your heart. You can't do that with your head. Your head will do the opposite. He said, lean not on your understanding. Understanding comes from your head. If you look at God through your understanding, your, God is only going to be as big as your understanding, and you're not going to see him for his true size. Your heart is able to receive that and begin to focus on the true size of God, and nothing is impossible for him. Right. This is a good sermon. I still like this sermon. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. How many got the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, Acts chapter, Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 8. It says, and you shall be received power and the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. This is what Jesus was saying to the disciples too. He says, the power that he's talking about in the Holy Spirit that we all make is actually twofold. Okay, there's the power to do miracles, but secondly, there's the power for endurance. Can I throw that in there? power for endurance. A lot of times what God wants to do, we're not trusting and leaning on our own understanding. My goodness, if I leaned on my own understanding for Key West, it wouldn't even take me a year to get out of this place. I'd have I'd hit the road in two weeks. It was one scary place when you're coming down and you just, you know, a young minister trying to start. I was young back then. Just go with that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, and, and just starting out with my young family. I had teenagers. I had a teenage daughter at home. You say more, praise the Lord. But in, in, in all the challenges that we had, is a my God, and this and, and look, looking at the things that are going on in this town. But you see, I didn't lean on my own understanding because basically God spoke to my heart. He says, "Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord." I heard that someplace. <laughs> Moses, stand still. And then what? Yeah, I said, "Well, you told that to Moses." Then the next thing you tell him to run across the Red Sea. <laughs> praise the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Well, there was the same kind of thing. Stand still. Watch God put things together, and then there was a run. Then it was a takeoff in the ministry that he had placed here and been doing it ever since. Praise the Lord. So I know what I'm talking about, and I know how the understanding, because I'm a, I, I, can, I can think the wrong way. How many, how many here can think the wrong way? I can think the wrong way. I can get the wrong idea about people, about places, about things. I can even get the wrong idea about what God wants to do. That comes from maturity. 
but I, I, I don't lean on that. In other words, I'm not depending upon that to hold me up. If I was to lean on this pulpit right now, leaning like this, the pulpit is holding me up. If the pulpit wasn't here, I'd fall over. That's leaning. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to lean on what I see is happening. I'm not leaning on what's going on. I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going, to, I'm going to lean on what he is telling me in my heart. He has saved me. The kingdom of God is upon me. I have the power within me to change and transform the things around me. Amen? Three men. They called them the sons of thunder. Peter, James, and John. Those three guys filled with the Holy Ghost didn't lean on their own understanding. They just acknowledged the Lord and walked in and almost turned Jerusalem upside down. Just three men. Just three men. We got more than that here in Key West. And Key West is a whole lot smaller than Jerusalem. Amen? But, the, but the, that's, that's the thing. What happens? The heart becomes bigger than the mind. And so does our ambitions and so everything else. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But that present thing, let me get back to that one thing before I run out of time. The fact is, is when, understand when Jesus spoke, he spoke in the present. He said this, he said this in Matthew chapter 4. He said, it is written, remember when he, taught, when he confronted the devil? This is what he told the devil. This is Jesus telling the devil. This, so I figure if Jesus can tell the devil this, we can tell the devil this. But he said this, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You remember that? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm going to give you the last element to this thing before I run out of time. Uh, to, well, I'm going to give you the last element to this thing before I, my second closing. <laughs> but he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds. Does it say in your Bible, proceeds? What tense is that? What realm is that? Would that be present? Not proceeded as something already spoken, but proceeds. He told the devil, he says, man does not live, remember we tempted to turn these rocks into loaves of bread, and Jesus said, no. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's a quote out of Deuteronomy. Quote, but, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, he's saying this. As I'm speaking this forth right now, it is happening. I'm going to initiate this with my voice and with my prayer, my, my word, my commands. So it's not the word that is spoken, it's the word that is being spoken. Proceeds is present tense. So what happens is when the kingdom of God comes upon us, which it already has, okay, now we bring it into present tense. It has something to do with my day tomorrow, has something to do with everything that I got to confront and confess tomorrow. Okay, now every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what I live by, not by the bread, it's not by the nourishment of my body, but it's by that proceeding word. That means the Father is speaking into my life continually, proceeding, 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 right now in the realm that I'm, I'm in. All I have to do is speak that forth, what he was talking about. I don't have time to get into it, but Paul told Timothy in Timothy chapter 1, uh, 1 Timothy 1.18, he told Timothy to use your prophecies as a weapon. Prophecies. You know, the words are spoken over you. He says, speak them back to the enemy and use them as a weapon against the enemy. That's what he said. Amen? 
Praise the Lord, I don't, I don't have time to get on. I, I ran out of time, but anyway, I'm gonna, I wanted to get that part in there. So what happens is, here's the final thing. We pray the kingdom of God comes upon us. Seek ye first. Oh, I got this situation, Lord. I'm seeking the kingdom of God. He says, okay, you seek the kingdom of God. He said, now I understand in seeking the kingdom of God, I have the power. I'm encountering the Lord. I have the power within me. He said, now speak it out. So what I speak out, I speak out the word of God. And that releases the preceding word of God as being spoken. God isn't speaking himself. He's putting it into us for us to speak out. There's a co-laboring again. Okay? And we, when he's, we speak it out, it brings power and it brings changes to the circumstances. It brings changes to our enemy. It brings changes to the world around us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Did I give you enough to chew on this week? Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. I got more, but I, I, I guess I got to stop. I just ran out, ran out of time. But uh, I wanted to get that across. This is something that's been on my heart. And the thing that impacted me the most in talking about seeking first the kingdom of God is the fact that a city can change by miracles. By the mighty works of God, you can change an entire city. Jesus only had 12 disciples. One of them was, was a traitor. And with that 12, he impacted countries. Okay, he impacted the entire country, the whole hillside. He even impacted uh, uh, Samaria, which Jews didn't even go into. But he impacted it so much by the words and the truth that he gave. So is it the same Jesus, is he the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it says in the Bible? Then basically the same Jesus that spoke uh, and changed nations can speak into us, and then we can repeat that word, and the word of God can change the circumstances around us. Praise the Lord. All right, that's my last closing. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word this morning in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. I pray, Lord, this is an important word that we dissect it even further than this and bring it down, bring it apart so it can be more, more personal. Uh, but I pray, Lord, even as a personal word that we come together as a church, that this church recognizes that the kingdom of God is upon us and the kingdom of God is here to change circumstances. Lord, empower this church to change this city in the name of Jesus. Empower this church to change this city in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise the Lord. I remove the transient nature. Now, you, you have to be in Key West to understand that. But I remove the transient nature in the name of Jesus. Yeah, transient nature means Key West is a nice place to come live for a short time, but then go someplace else to, 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 to retire. Praise the Lord. But no, the assignment of God to stand and to, and, and to dig in your heels and make it a battleground and a cutting off place, make it a draw a line in the sand. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that miracles and great signs and wonders will happen in Key West in Jesus' name over our city as well as over our state and over our nation. But Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We believe in miracles in this church. Father God, let an outpouring of your spirit bring miracles uh, of all kinds and all sorts in this church in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now what I just prayed for, what I just believe for is revival. How many are with me? <laughs> I don't know if you recognize, but that's, that's, that's all that's part of revival. But uh, I believe the next revival coming up, God's going to, it's going to be different than what we've ever seen. Uh, I know the old timers, especially like me, remember the old, old days, but it's not going to be like that. It's, it's, it's a, new, uh, a new system, but God's going to, God wants to do a new thing in the midst of us. Praise the Lord. Amen.